Hello, this is Steve Bailey. Well, it took a lot of talking on my part, but here we are at episode 59 of Hard Boiled Eggs and Nuts, a Laurel and Hardy podcast. Now, with this episode, I am coming to the end of a big, long, juicy chapter of the Laurel and Hardy film history. Uh, I have covered everything that they did for Hal Roach except for two short subjects. So today, I would like to cover those last two short subjects. Let me begin with 1935's The Fixer Uppers. Now then... It is inevitable the more looked down upon Laurel and Hardy shorts that yield the nicest surprises. A fairly pedestrian little picture, sniffs Randy Scredbet about the fixer-uppers in his book on the team. But while this is hardly a reputation-cementing flicker on the lines of Big Business or the Music Box, it has some funnier, usual than, funnier than usual dialogue for a Laurel and Hardy picture, and it yields a fair amount of laughs. Stan and Ollie are greeting card salesmen, a job they carry out as competently as they do most of their vocations. Ollie's dignified reading of the card's couplets is almost the high point of the movie. I won't spoil the punchlines by quoting them here, though. If you're curious, check out the greeting card section at the Way Out West online tent at wayoutwest.org. Most of those sayings are posted there and can actually be emailed to some very indiscriminate friends. In any case, Stan and Ollie's first customer is May Bush, which ought to send up warning flags right there. It turns out that she feels neglected by her husband and wants to involve Stan and Ollie in a scheme to make him jealous and rekindle their romance. Wait a minute. She wants to use Stan and Ollie in a ruse to make her husband jealous? Warning flag number two. Anyway, her lessons in passionate kissing, particularly with the usually asexual Stan, are another highlight of the movie. Pierre, the late husband, is played by Charles Middleton, later to give the boys a hard time at the Foreign Legion in the Flying Deuces. Pierre catches Ollie and the woman in what used to be quaintly called a compromising position, and the scheme works too well. He challenges Ollie to a duel at midnight and exchanges cards with him. Ollie's is a greeting card, of course. Ollie drowns his sorrows in beer until Stan, in another of his rare bright moments, points out that Pierre cannot possibly find Ollie if he runs away. After Ollie chastises Stan for not pointing this out sooner and saving him some grief, Ollie phones Pierre to tell him off. And Stan adds for good measure, Say, listen, if you had a face like mine, you'd punch me right in the nose, and I'm just the fella that can do it. Stan and Ollie celebrate by getting snockered and passing out. Some helpful cops find Pierre's card on Ollie, assume that the card bears Ollie's home address, and are kind enough to deliver Stan to Pierre's home and tuck them into bed so that Pierre can get, discover them there. Pierre's wife tells Ollie to play dead when Pierre shoots him. She has filled the gun full of blanks. Ollie does his dropping dead fall with his usual flourish, and all appears to be well, until, until Pierre tells his wife that he will now chop the body into little pieces. Stan and Ollie hastily beat it out of the apartment. Ollie hides in a trash can. Stan later knocks on the can to give Ollie the all clear, but Ollie has unfortunately been taken out with the trash by the local sanitation department. At midnight? Anyway. Jackie Gleason once said that there are three stages in a comedian's career. The first stage is when the audience cannot predict what the comedian will do. 
Second is when the audience can predict it, but enjoys the predictability. And third is when the comedian is so predictable that the audience is turned off. The Fixer Uppers finds Laurel and Hardy firmly lodged in stage two. No great surprises in the act, but still great fun to watch. And now let me cover their final short subject for Hal Roach, also from 1935, Thicker Than Water. As seems to be fit Laurel and Hardy's final official short subject, they later did tree in a test tube while on a lunch break at Fox, thicker than water meanders all over the place, as though Laurel and Hardy had better things on their minds. It switches from a domestic setting to a city auction house to a hospital as nonchalantly and with as much logic as a Stanley eye blink. The first scene shows Ollie at the behest of the latest truest Mrs. Hardy, played by Daphne Hollow excuse me, Daphne Pollard, who has offered Ollie's finger to kiss and instead bites it. Stan is the Hardy's boarder, and naturally Mrs. Hardy is none too happy about it. Mrs. Hardy commands Ollie to do the dishes while she goes out, and Ollie, having no dog to boss around, orders Stan to stay and be as miserable as he is. This results in a somewhat belabored scene where Stan and Ollie do their best to clean the dishes with the inevitable disastrous results. Mr. Finlayson, James Finlayson, of course, comes to collect the monthly payment for the Hardy's furniture. Mrs. Hardy had thought it paid, it paid already, and her inquiry to Ollie results in an Abbott and Costello-like verbal fight, with Ollie saying he gave the money to Stan to deposit, Stan saying he gave it back to Ollie to pay for his rent, etc., etc. When the matter is finally straightened out, Mrs. Hardy belittles Ollie some more, Stan ch challenges Ollie's manhood, <clears throat> and Ollie vows to take the money out of the Hardy's joint account just to show Stan, not Mrs. Hardy, mind you, who is boss. The scene ends with the movie's cleverest touch, Stan leaving the Hardy's apartment and pulling the screen forward to the movie's next scene. Stan and Ollie's curiosity draws them into an auction, where they end up bidding on behalf of a woman who is short of cash and needs to rush home to get, the, get some more money. As befits the movie's haphazard logic, the woman is never heard from again. Ollie is thus forced to buy the clock on which he had, and Stan had bid against each other, they lug the clock home and then decide to put it down in the street to take a rest. Busy street, large clock, apathetic truck driver, you do the math. When Mrs. Hardy comes home and discovers what has happened, she knocks Ollie out with a frying pan nearly as big as she is. Ollie's injury results in him needing a blood transfusion, just like most concussions, right? For which Stan becomes the unwilling donor. Stan seems to have had bad luck in hospitals, witness his being on the wrong end of a needle in county hospital. In any case, the transfusion goes wrong, and some of Ollie's blood must be pumped in a stand to balance the procedure. The final result is an appropriate closing image for Laurel and Hardy's short subjects. Stan as Ollie, complete with mustache and condescending gloat, followed by Ollie as Stan, head scratching and crying all the way. There are worse short subjects in the Laurel and Hardy canon, though none with so promising ideas so half-baked. Thicker than water almost seems a poorer farewell for Stan and Ollie in short subjects than does the later movie, The Bullfighters, for their Hollywood movies. And there we have it. We have covered all of the Hal Roach-produced Laurel and Hardy features and short subjects. We still have a ways to go on this podcast, so I hope you'll stay with me and bear with me as we trudge admiringly and hopefully through the 
Laurel and Hardy's big studio years. Now then, let me end with my usual blatant plugs. Uh, please feel free to visit my Laurel and Hardy website that I have maintained for 18 years. It is chock full of movie reviews, uh, reviews of their biographies, interviews with their biographers, and tons of Laurel and Hardy related minutiae. And you can find it all at leaveemlaughing.moviefever.com. That's leaveemlaughing.moviefever.com. Also, we have a Facebook page that correlates to our podcast. Look it up, please, on Facebook under the same name as the podcast, Hard Boiled Eggs and Nuts Dash, a Laurel and Hardy podcast. On the cover photo of that Facebook page, you can find the URL for our website, for, that is for the podcast website, as well as URLs for the various venues where you can listen to this podcast, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Overcast, and especially Anchor, the parent website that sponsors our podcast. If you're listening for the first time, I bid you a hearty welcome. I hope you will press the subscribe button and feel free to indulge in the previous 50-some-odd uh, episodes that have preceded this one. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave a written review and or a star rating. It really helps. In any case, I'm glad to have you with us. Hope you will continue right to the very end. And until next time, this is Steve Bailey saying goodbye. <laughs>